0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast.
1: Greetings and salutations. It's another episode of What Do You Call It? podcast i'm your host gb and today's guest is the earthquake and pillar shaking leader of the meat pop express me. please welcome big trouble ben bishop how are you doing today mate you're good i'm doing great george feeling good across the pond here in the states
0: beautiful day out by 90 degrees today here in maryland I'm loving it and really happy to be on this
1: podcast i'm so happy you reached out can't wait to get it going talking to you uh really excited Right. Thank you for coming on, mate. Um, right. I actually discovered you because of my first guest, uh James Ellsworth. So oh, basically, he's okay. the first person I've ever had in the podcast. And oh, right. uh, he actually mentioned you. And I'm not saying it's for branding points, and I'm not saying this as a cheap plug. But if you go back and watch the first episode, he mentions you. And oh, it was actually in the notes. I actually did one know because, um as he did have nothing but good words to say about you and to keep an eye on you, um, how was he? Like first impressions, and also how has he been as a mentor? That's funny. I, I, I like I like hearing that uh, Jimmy put me over a little bit because uh, he's, um,
0: he's he's very honest, and he'll let me know when you know. Hey, you better pick it up, or you better figure mm-hmm. this out. And that's um, good. That's good to hear. I'm excited about that. So, <laughs> Jimmy, if you're listening, thank you, um, Ellsworth. mean uh, honestly, I owe a lot to him just to get started. He's done a lot for me. Especially in my wrestling career, let me tag along with him to a lot of places, especially getting my feet wet, especially during the pandemic where not a lot of places were running. And he was getting booked. Uh, and he was mm-hmm. nice enough to say to a lot of promoters, Hey, I got this guy close to seven feet tall. Um, show him some pictures of me. He's like, Could you use him? Could you get him on your show? And he uh, was able to work a lot during the pandemic because of that. My first impression of him was, uh, was pretty funny. I just went to one of his shows, ACW Adrenaline Championship Wrestling, here in Maryland. And, uh, I was just kind of standing there. This was back in 2019. I'm mm-hmm. just standing around, and uh, Gilberg actually came up to me, Dwayne Gill, um, and said, "Hey, are you a worker?" And I was just like, yeah, "Well, I have a job. You know, I got a job." And he's like, "No, no, no, man. Are you a worker? Are you a wrestler?" Yeah. So I know like, no, no, I, you know, I've always wanted to be, but I just never knew how to get into it. I just kind of, you know, I was an athlete to play basketball. I played Australian football, but I never got into, I always loved wrestling, but I never knew how to get into wrestling. Mm. And I thought, I thought that passed me by. I was at the time 29 years old. So I was like, I think I'm, you know, I think probably it. I don't, have a, I don't have a chance to do it. Um, and he's like, no, 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 man, come here. i got going to introduce you to Jimmy. i got to introduce you to Jimmy. So I don't know who Jimmy is. So he walks me up to Ellsworth. I knew Ellsworth because I follow wrestling. So I knew, I knew who he was from um, his run in WWE. Yeah. And uh, immediately he was just like, oh, man, we got to get you going. We got to get you training. We got to do this, this, this and this. Here's my number. This it was a like kind of a whirlwind. You know, I went out with him that night and talked to him more. And the next day, you know, I was literally helping set up the ring in, uh, in Hanover, Pennsylvania uh, and trained before for about an hour, learned how to take a bump, learned how to run the ropes a little bit. The next day after that, started training more and, you know, just kind of trained my ass off for a while uh, mm. until my first show in February 2020. So uh, since then, just been trying to work as much as possible. Obviously, with the pandemic, it's been tough. But, um, you know, I just got to – you got to make you gotta make good out of a bad situation. I couldn't just throw a pity party for myself. So mm. uh, luckily, uh, and I've been very fortunate um, to kind of hitch onto Ellsworth so and uh, go where he goes and meet people and uh, work as much as
1: possible just to the backtrack there so just to sort of rewind the clocks back a little bit yeah. as you mentioned that you did love wrestling but you didn't exactly know how to get into wrestling um who were some of your favorites um, as a tall person um did you find yourself attracted to the tall wrestlers yeah. like diesel oh, yeah. and you know uh, yeah. undertaker and kane yeah so
0: uh, kevin nash is my favorite wrestler of all time um i actually had the opportunity to meet um uh, Kevin, this past, past weekend, he was at a show here in Maryland, a convention. Oh, I
1: bet he loved you, man. Um, yeah, he was,
0: he was cool. I mean, he's, he really is. Like, it's not a gimmick. He really yeah. is just
1: a cool guy.
0: Like, he's he's very, like, down to earth, nonchalant, but he still gave me some good advice mm. um, as being a big guy. Because I don't really get around many big guys who have been at that level. Uh, I've, had, I've had the opportunity to meet, meet Kane, who was one of my favorites as well uh but you know kevin nash uh, was always my favorite He was the first person i saw when i turned on wcw in 1998 and i mm. was like that's you know like oh my god like that's you know just larger than life the you know the just the persona the charisma like just his mm. whole aura um just really attracted me to wrestling and i try to base a lot of my moveset my character off of uh like the big sexy character the diesel mm. character uh, other guys i love watching and I, a little bit you know i I I caught the tail end of Sid, of Psycho Sid's uh, career um, when he was in WCW, when he was Sid, Sid Vicious. Mm. Uh, I loved watching him. I go back and watch old videos of him, uh, who I also met this weekend, really nice guy. I also, uh, Kane Undertaker, obviously. Kane, I always gravitated to it. I thought Kane was awesome. Just could move, probably one of the most agile, mobile big men of all time. Mm. Uh, Undertaker, obviously, probably one of the best big men of all time. I'll watch Big Show. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Usually, all the big guys I really like to watch. Those, those were the ones I kind of honed in on when I was younger. Um, and, and I was just always a fan of every everything. I never, mm. besides Nash, I never like pinpointed, like that's my favorite guy. That's my favorite oh guy. okay. I just was a really big fan of um, of wrestling and uh, not just like the wrestling, but just everything that went along with it, just like the storylines and the the pageantry and the charisma and uh, the larger than life personalities. That's what really yeah. drew me.
1: You mentioned about WCW. Were you actually on WCW side during the Monday Night Wars? Then,
0: ah, uh, yes. I was. <laughs> yeah. so I was. I was all NWO over DX. Um, yeah, I was somebody that honestly, I was somebody that loved WCW in the year mm. 2000. I know everyone like you know gave it shit. But but I, I
1: was, I've got a soft spot for it. I really yeah, do. <laughs> I, did.
0: I thought. I thought the angles that they ran with. You know the uh, the Millionaires Club, oh, the new blood, Club yeah. And, and I thought the natural born thrillers were just looked mm. amazing. You know, all those guys could work, and they were mm. such diinos. Um, yeah, I, 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 I you not know. <laughs> And I thought Vince <laughs> Russo and Eric Bischoff were great heels. I thought they mm. did an awesome job. I was a big fan of the movie Ready to Rumble. You know, and I know everyone gives David Arquette. Oh, but if
1: anyone says anything bad about it, I block him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. So I, I, was a huge fan of that movie. So I was, I was. um I never, I didn't really care about David Arquette winning the title. I was like, oh, that's mm. great. That's pretty cool. I love DDP, was another another guy I always loved to watch and mm. uh, somebody that I watched for promos and a um, kind of an inspiration too, because he didn't start until he was like 33, 34 wrestling. Yeah. He's always a manager. So it's cool to like see a guy like that, you know, and mm. make a career out of what he did. And now what he's doing is incredible as well, um, if not more impressive than his wrestling career. But, yeah, he was another guy. that really, And all storylines were involving GDP, I was really interested in. So I was definitely, I, I, I enjoyed both, but I was more WCW over WWE when I first started
1: watching. So you're probably upset when they went out of business then. Oh, uh, bad, yeah. <laughs> so just to talk about uh, your academic background, because I know that you do have an academic background. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I can relate to this, but I know the listeners will be interested um, to hear more about this. Uh, you were pretty good at passable. Uh, I just wanted yeah. to know what stopped you from going further in basketball. So basically, yeah. You
0: know, so um basketball. I played it. basketball. I started it in what uh, sixth grade. I started playing basketball. Um I kind of I moved to a new town. I'm from Rhode Island, so I you know I moved uh, to I moved to a different town in Rhode Island and just try to make new friends. They they saw a big tall guy and a bunch of the. Guys that, at my new school were like, You should try it. you should play basketball. You're so tall, and they're like, You don't play. I'm like, No, I've never played in my life, I was never really interested in it. Mm. Uh, my dad always tried to push it to me to play, but I was just kind of like, Yeah, I don't really. why well, I wasn't, I really wasn't into um sports to begin with at this point. But then, you know, once you know, it was like, Hey, it's a good way to meet new friends, started playing, started taking a liking to it, started watching it all the time, became a big sports fan. Um, you know. I was, I wasn't ever like the most athletic guy. I was athletic enough for my size, yeah. uh, but I had really good hands around the basket. I could catch the ball. Like I, I, I was able to uh, finish real well. I was just naturally a strong kid. So it was, and I was always tall. So, you know, in sixth grade, for example, in sixth grade, I was already six feet tall. So
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was just learning the game and, um, it became you know hey this is fun I'm meeting new people I Mm. I did I I did have a love for it I'm not gonna say I was really in love with basketball I never was just like this is like the greatest thing and this Mm. is my whole like you know this is this is what how I describe myself as I'm a basketball player I never really thought of myself like that I'm just like hey I play and uh, is this going to get me a scholarship? You know, and I want to put yeah. I want to put everything in, that I can into it. So I did, and I I got, left my public school, which was hard because I had a lot of good friends and we had a good team. Um, and this was in tenth grade, and I ended up going to Worcester Academy in Massachusetts for three years, and uh, it was it's it's the prep, preparatory uh, school, and went there uh, because like hey, I need to play against better people because it's in the Rhode Island you know public school league. Mm. The tallest guys like six three, six four. So there's no like comp. The guys are good, but there's no college level competition. Oh, okay. So I went to a prep school three years there, playing with guys, against guys, all going to Division one. Um, three years, then you know, chose Vermont. I love Vermont. Loved Vermont. Uh, it was an awesome time. I, I would not ever trade it for anything. Uh Team-wise, we had an awesome career there. Uh, we went to the SLA tournament twice, my freshman and my junior year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Personal-wise, I didn't have the best career that I thought I would. I was a little bit of a disappointment because just a lot of injuries piled up. Oh, okay. Really, and so to answer your question, long-winded as I, as I am. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, um, once the injuries started piling up, I kind of fell out of love totally with basketball. It turned into a job. So I just said, you know – I'm just going to – I'm not going to quit. I'm going to play this out. Uh, I've had eye, knee, ankle, back. All these injuries are starting to pile up. And I'm just like – I'm just going to get through it. My senior year, a week before the season started, everything was going well, and then I – I had two bulging discs in my back. So I was like, I played the whole senior year at about 50% of my yeah. capacity.
1: At such a young age as well, man, that must have yeah, been... Yeah, I know,
0: exactly. So And it was my own fault. We were hanging, cleaning in the weight room and did it. I felt a twinge and uh, me thinking I was Superman. And I was like, i went through all the weight. I just pulled up at, at my height. That's amazing. Everyone was hyping me up. I went to go do another exercise and was just lazy as hell. Picked up the weight wrong and then, you know, boom, there it is. Um, instead of listening to my body, I was trying to just do too much. So... Yeah, that's me being a 22-year-old kid being an idiot. So, I uh, <laughs> basically, so basically I, you know, I ended it. I was like, "Hey, this is all I want out of basketball. And this is great. Yeah. I got my scholarship. I got a free education. I met some awesome people. I had a great time. And this is good enough." Mm. So, I was like, so what I ended up doing is I took a year off. I went moved back home to Rhode Island and realized I wanted to get a graduate degree. And that that's what landed me here in Maryland. I went to University of Baltimore. Uh, to get a uh, master's degree in industrial organizational psychology.
1: All right, fair enough. Um, with the psychology, like, I, I would basically ask the same question as I've got basketball, because that's quite interesting. Uh, what made you want to do that? Um, as yeah, a so I, was like,
0: I, I was a psych major in college and to be completely honest, I was just like, what can I, <laughs> when I was coming into college, I was like, what can I just do to, you know, not be, it's not going to be too difficult. Um, I was always interested in it, but I wasn't like thinking like, I'm going to make a big career out of it. I was yeah. thinking when I first got there, I'm like, oh, when I finish, I want to try to coach. I want to try to coach basketball. And after I saw what the coaches go through, I was like, I do not want to coach basketball <laughs> ever, ever. I don't want to do this. So, uh, once I, yeah, so I got a reality check with that um i thought that's what i wanted to do and i ended up just saying no you know i'll I'm, I'm figure out what i want to do in psychology uh i want to do child development that was one thing but then i met with a few people and i realized io industrial organizational psychology uh is a really good track so i really call it advanced like human resources is really what it kind of is so um it you know it's good you know i right now it's a good steady job so i don't i don't mind and um mm. it uh it was uh a solid way to go so you know i got my degree in 2016 and you know now i'm just still here in maryland and working at home which is beautiful
1: and i'm glad we did get to talk about it again because I do have a soft spot and i love gilberg but yeah. um you mentioned that he basically saw you and assumed that you were a worker and yeah. uh you know basically persuaded you to become a wrestler uh what was the show that you went to uh, where you did meet him
0: yeah so it was september 2019 it was an adrenaline championship wrestling show which is uh james ellsworth's promotion Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Maryland, uh, I, I found out about it because I was listening to Busted Open Radio, and Enzo was on, and Enzo was talking about um, that he was going to be here in Maryland, and I was just like, "I have nothing to do tonight, so you know what? I might as well I'm just going to go. I haven't been to an indie show in a while, so I'm going to go check it out." Um, so yeah, it was, it was a solid show. I had a really good time. Met some awesome, obviously met some awesome people. Now I'm part of it, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Uh, and was you know able to start training that next day and get the ball rolling.
1: I can imagine you get a lot of comparisons just because you mentioned Enzo to Big Cass. Yeah,
0: that's what was funny. When I walked in, all of a sudden people started turning their heads.
1: So mm. they were just, they were like looking like,
0: wait, is that? i like, oh no, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were all like kind of like, kind of, I guess I saw eyes and that happens everywhere. When I walk around, people are just always looking at me. Yeah. Um, like Ellsworth's favorite, favorite joke whenever we walk in anywhere and it, it just, people are just always surprised and they don't get it. Be, uh, he'll always say, Go to a hostess, say we walk in a restaurant, and he'll just be like, So one of us pinned the world champ and the other's him, and he'll point to me. And the waitress is like, Wait, what? Or he'll say, like, Which one of us, which one of us pinned the world champ? And they'll show just, just like, Look, and like, I'd look, point to me. I just, like, yeah, no, not him. <laughs> just, but if, you know, if I
1: pinned AJ Styles like multiple times on TV, I would yeah, right. shut up about it. They, like. get,
0: they get a oh, he doesn't shut up about it, uh, but rightfully so. He gets a kick out of that one. He's usually the only one laughing. I'm just, like, shaking my head most of the time. Not again. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: All the time. Uh, Where did you train to become a wrestler? Uh, I know you mentioned about Ellsworth being a mentor. um, But I just want to know specifically, because of your height, was there anything difficult? uh that yeah so to... uh, i was i was always an athlete so you know a lot of the movement the, the
0: biggest thing with people trying to learn how to become a wrestler yeah. and what sets certain people apart from like moving forward pretty quick mm-hmm. is just knowing how to move your body in space uh coming from basketball i knew how to do that some people you know they'll watch wrestling the big like, oh i can do that i can do that and they get in a ring and they take the first bump or um like learning so for an example learning how to bump I tell, I tell people, people that are athletes, it's easy to explain, it's a hip hinge, you know, you hip and then you kind of explode your hips forward and throw yourself backward um, and throw your feet up and try to land as high on your upper back but not your neck as possible. So it's like a deadlift where you're, you know, you're hinging your hips and you're popping through. People that have never been an athlete or don't understand that Man. don't understand that <laughs> don't understand that movement. Okay, there you go. So it's it's hard to explain just basic movements. Yeah. And uh, um, there's a guy training right now. Um, he was a football player at Towson, and it's coming quicker to him than it was for other people. And I'll see people at training kind of get discouraged, like, oh, I've been here a year longer than this guy, and he's picking mm-hmm. it up. It's like, well, he just because he's an athlete and he knows. He's like, you have to. All you have to do is tell him one thing, and he's like, I know how to. I know how to do this i know how to pivot on my right foot i know how to um hit the ropes and make sure my right foot's leading i know how to hinge at my hips and throw throw myself backwards i'm yeah. strong enough to get up off of a roll uh when you're rolling in the ring stand up on my feet i can do all that type of stuff and it doesn't look awkward
1: mm. um, are you saying people- that, that now it makes sense with jr's sort of philosophy you used to always have a thing for like uh, people with the american football background Yes. Um, so like that is basically would make it out that they were a lot easier to train. So now that you've said that, um, exactly. it makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. So I mean, obviously, um, amateur wrestlers have the easiest transition over to wrestling. Yeah. Like, uh, what, at least when it comes to mat skills, mm. uh, they, they know how to you know, maneuver themselves and uh, do all the technical type stuff. Uh, other athletes, such as like basketball or football players, we do have footwork, so we know how to kind of move around a little bit. It's always mm-hmm. going to be different. Still a lot of footwork to learn. We don't come in be an expert by any means because uh, ring positioning is really important. And it's, uh, it's, it's something that's continued learning. Mm-hmm. So we, where I train um, is with an independent wrestler. His name is Nick Taylor. He goes by Sickened on the independent circuit. He was actually trained by Ruckus. Um, a lot of people know Ruckus is kind of like an independent wrestling legend on the East Coast here um from baltimore but he was part of that cz when czw was at its height in like the early 2000 or like late early 2010s um he was part of that like movement when you know the, the guys like moxley were coming up yeah uh, he was part of those that crew and uh just kind of that like real extreme style
1: post ecw um but there are no uh, limits of what we do
0: yeah, no, they, he, so he, he's unbelievable. Uh, um, Ruckus, Cla- his name's Claude Morrow. His real name goes by Ruckus and he, uh, He's known everywhere you know he's he was part of a group called blackout which had guys like uh, eddie kingston was his tag partner for a long time yeah so they're very well known here on the east coast and he's uh been world traveled going to japan gone going to europe going to a ton of different places uh so nick is a disciple of ruckus so learning from him i know it's coming from a, from a uh i know everything he's telling me is coming from a good place because yeah ruckus so well uh, and obviously Ellsworth was trained by Axel Rotten. And Axel Rotten is known in the wrestling community, you know, as one of um, he was one of the greatest uh, minds yeah. in wrestling. People knew him as a hardcore guy, but he wasn't just a hardcore guy. He knew wrestling really well and yeah. Ellsworth always a story about uh, when he was at WWE and Paul Heyman would always come up to him and say, you know, I-, I loved Axel. Like he was so smart, and just unfortunately not as many people really knew how smart he was to the business. So, I, that, and just seeing that, I know that like learning from Ellsworth is really uh, uh, is really great for my uh, development and growth.
1: And I just want to ask as well, because you've been in OVW, uh, yeah. which is now run by Al Snow these days, yep. and Al Snow um, met him actually just before the pandemic, and he was like, couldn't be any nice stuff. Um, yeah. It's not about me. But the point I was going to make is basically about OVW. Uh, what was it like um, basically going down there?
0: Yeah, so um, it, it definitely was surreal. Uh, walking into um, OVW and kind of being like, wow, you know, I'm just thinking about the people that have been here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the John Cena and the Lesnar and Orton and yeah, Shelton Benjamin, Batista, like, you know, class. Yeah. It, it really is. That that class, you know, is probably one of the best training classes that WWE may ever have just based on success for all those guys. Um, and of course, Cornette, I'm a big fan of Jim Cornette. So like, no, I love like his podcast. I listen there.
1: to yeah. it every day.
0: Yeah, the best. <laughs> um, it really is. So, uh, and I, I always say to people, like, you know, I'm like, you know, you don't always have to agree with him, but it, he just, everything he says, just it's entertaining. It's comedy. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. Is that like, it's, I don't agree with everything he says, but like, you yeah, know, no, he's, entertaining. yeah.
0: Like he's, exactly. he's
1: he's out of touch, but like, he, he does know it as well. No, he does. Yeah. And you
0: can't, and you can't deny his knowledge. He's, he's been with some of the best workers mm. in the business. He's been around it so long. He trained that class at OBW and look at the success they had, you mm. know, so you can't deny what he's done. Um, but yeah, going into OBW really was cool. You know, being in the ring, trying to take it all in and be like, damn, this, this is really, really awesome. Uh, and it was, it, uh, the experience was great and everybody couldn't have been nicer. Um, Al was awesome to talk to. Al's very, 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 uh, it, so smart as well. The business, he's definitely one of the best trainers known as one of the best trainers in the world. Yeah. So he's given me some pointers and I'm spending time with him. Uh, so a lot of fun. Uh, getting down there, been down there twice. I'm going down there again, June third and fourth. So really excited about, really excited about that.
1: No, wicked man. I will ask about your future plans uh, when I talk about the interview. But I do have a few more questions because I'm annoying. Yeah, because um, Grim's Toy Show uh, it has <laughs> such a huge following. Uh, yeah. I I haven't really sort of paid too much attention to it because sort of my time is limited these days. Um, but I'm de- I'm dead certain that the listeners out there will want to know uh, basically how much fun do you have doing those shows and uh, what is yeah. it. That- why does it have the following that it has
0: um honestly so he's been doing obviously he started with like the action figures you yeah. know and he built his following off that it's a blast Grimm's toy show gts mm. really is a it's a fun place to go and the thing is is people do call it backyard wrestling because it is in someone's backyard however majority of the guys there are trained guys and girls they, they are trained in wrestling and we are all especially especially some the best people there they are every people majority of people are trained professionally to wrestle yeah so it's not a backyard show this isn't just grim doesn't have anybody there that can't work so he he's very uh he makes sure that he vets people and like if if he finds out that he'll invite people it's like hey you can come like hang out and be around the ring mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna put you in the ring if i don't you can't work uh grim was actually trained by kurt hawkins brian myers was uh, he? yeah he was oh yeah, so, man um, he started wrestling, uh, and then he wanted. People were kind of saying like, "Oh, you know, he's not good. He's not good. All this." So he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna get officially like professionally trained." And he went yeah. to uh, train to create pro with um, with Brian Myers. So yeah. some of the best that
1: fan- they produce as well, man. Like MJF.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it's one of the like- best East Coast. And I was telling people that recently. And if I lived up there, I'd definitely take advantage of it. But uh, yeah, going to Grims, it, it's it's a great atmosphere. It's very like family atmosphere. Everyone there is really cool. I uh, haven't had a, had a haven't had a bad time there. I wish I was a little, again I wish I was a little closer. I would go more often, but uh
1: yeah.
0: you know time constraints uh make it tough and work makes it tough sometimes, but he um what he's been able to do with that show and the following he's been able to uh build off of mm. off of that show really is remarkable. Uh it just shows how entertaining he is. He really he really turns it on when the cameras are on and he's done such a good job. He puts out content every single day. He's always mm. putting
1: a video out. Like everyone looks like they're just having fun. Like from what I've seen, they are.
0: Like- yeah, and you know, it's it's more organized than people think. He, he mm. gets everyone there. He gets his stuff in. He gets it all, and he has enough. He has enough footage. He tries to film at least twice a week, and he has enough footage to really put out every single day. And it's it's uh, it's it's remarkable. It really is. He mm. is. Uh, I I really. Th- I mean, to be completely honest, his show is one of the most watched wrestling shows on YouTube, and it, mm. it gets. A ton of views. They have huge had, you know, numbers. Million view videos. Mm. Uh, you know, Ellsworth's been a part of a few of those. So it is a it's a it's a cool it's a it's a cool like you know company to be a part of GTS because it, it does give you a different subset of of fans that you know are really mm. diehard and I, I'll go to shows and people call up to me mostly kids you know they'll come up to me and they'll say like i see you on gts oh i love you on gts <laughs> and all this stuff and, and you know it helps merch sales it helps all that type of stuff. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey it's worth it you know it get. It'll sometimes get a bad rep because you know it is in a backyard and people mm. think it's. you
1: know, I Can't imagine like Jim Cornette giving you a thumbs up for it, but no, probably but, not. But yeah, wrestling can be fun would, though, man. Like it's,
0: it he doesn't... wouldn't love it, but it's yeah. But it, again, it you know it's fun, and I I always I always say hey, you know I never had a bad time up there, so I'm I'm I would lo- I always like going back whenever mm. I can, um, and you know I, I think Grims just a great guy, so I think you know I I really hope he can continue this on in the future
1: that's great man I did have to ask that because I know a few listeners definitely want to know about him Yeah, um, but I I, 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 even, I, even I know about yeah, it and I've, yeah. I've seen it um, yeah. in the background sometimes so I did, this I want to ask as well so what is it about the 80s classic Big Trouble in Little China that's influenced you to use it as sort of a wrestling name and the merchandise scene uh, I'm not yeah. just saying it like I'm not saying it in a bad way by the way because I fucking love that film yeah. I, <laughs> I used to watch John on repeat because I'm a lot, a lot older than you may think but um, I just want to elaborate for the listeners who may not even be aware the film uh which i'm ashamed of to have you as listener please explain (laughs) please explain (laughs) yeah so i've always been a fan of like really like cheap 80s movies Mm -hmm.
0: um john carpenter is one of my favorite directors i I love and and kurt russell is one of my favorite actors so watching uh you know big trouble of course they live with roddy piper um watching um escape from new york escape from la uh, yeah all all the john carpenter films i've always been a huge fan of and Mm. When I was trying to come up with a character, I always told everybody, like, I don't want to be the big brooding, you know, like monster, like I'm going to kill you character. Because I, I it wasn't me. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it justice. Uh, so I, I didn't want to be like the Kane. I didn't want to be like that type of character. As much mm-hmm. as I love Kane, I didn't want it to be this that prototypical, I'm big, so I'm a monster, and I'm a big, dumb, idiot type of character. I didn't want to do that.
1: Well, it's all be so, yourself, uh, but amped up a little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause I wanted to be more like a Kevin Nash, you know, to be able to talk and, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, because, you know, I have the hair and, you know, I almost have that like swarmy type attitude, but it's like having that lovable jerk type attitude where, like, I can go, I have a lot of gray area with my character where I can go face and heal, depending, yeah. on, depending on what's going to happen. Um, So I was just, you know, talking with people at training one day and a wrestler named Vic Ramon, he, we, we were talking about how much we both love that, like those type of movies. And, you know, he was really influential in helping me figure out a character. And we were just talking, talking, talking. He's just like, like, wait why don't you just go by big trouble and i'm like oh shit like <laughs> that sounds pretty good you know i like, wait a minute I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. i'm like damn and he's like yeah then you could just use your name and just think of a last name that begins with b and i'm like all right bishop sure um and i was <laughs> i quite picked it I, I was like whatever um and i because i wanted it to be you know alliteration at bb so because it just sounds it sounds so good yeah uh, so Big trouble Ben Bishop, and then after that, I started thinking of other little things like in the movie when he says, You know, quaking the earth and shaking the pillars of heaven. So I say, Earthquake and pillar shaking. He drives the meat, me- yeah, <laughs> he, he, he drives the pork chop express in the movie in college. Um, one of my teammates always used to call guys who were kind of just like big guys, I always called them meat pops. So I always, so I was like, All right, pork chop express, meat pop express. I'll add that to the, the moniker. Oh, look at that. Everybody likes acronym type names, so I'll just call myself BT double B. So, you know, things started – mm. I, I love guys like Road Dog, and that's where I got that from, you know, D-O-double-B, so I say, B-T-double-B. Um, the rhyming at the beginning, the earthquake and pillar shake, it's like limousine riding, jet flying. So because I, I'm i like, well, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm not going to reinvent stuff. What worked in wrestling? What, what's going to make people just be like, you know, oh, I'm going to remember that? Yeah. So earthquake and pillar shake and leader with the meat pop, express, say it quick, say it with so much conviction, people are going to look, people are going to hear it, and just be like, not going to ask questions, just going to be like, oh, wow, I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know the the rock, jabroni, beaten pie, and he just says it so quick that it's like I'm not going to ask. We, we all know what it means, but he's going <laughs> to. We're not going to continue to. We're not going to sit here and be like questioning it because he's like, oh, he says it so confidently with so much conviction. So I wanted something like that where I can have a ton of different little like catchphrases and people, you know, give me shit about it and call me like Captain Catchphrase, and I'm like, you know what though? What gets over, you know? I and it's mm-hmm. easy. I can add it now, so I'm adding more to it. You know the sun never sets on a cool guy. I got that now. The top of the dude chain. I got that. I so I, I just throw a shit ton of stuff at people. Um, get ready to get ready because here comes trouble. Like so, I I just try to have so many different like little things that are just people can be like that's so
1: ridiculous and dumb, but it sounds, mm. it's it's
0: it's repeatable and you can say it it you know, so get it'll be catchy.
1: What you're saying is literally like music to my ears because I think, yeah, good wrestling is important, but a character as well, it's, it is becoming a bit of a lost art. Oh, it's the most important thing in wrestling. You
0: go back and you look and the best example is Stone, is Stone Cold. When he was stunning Steve Austin, he, had, he was a great technical wrestler and he had some awesome matches, but he was a mid-card guy at best. And he was never going to be that main event talent. And it showed because he got fired from WCW. Yep. But then when he went to WWE and became Stone Cold Steve Austin, and all he did was punch and kick and Luthez press and, and hit people with a stunner, even the most over guy in the history of the business. So, yep. and same thing with Hulk Hogan. When Hulk Hogan was doing all that type of stuff, when he mm-hmm. was in Japan, he was doing the arm drags and the technical wrestling and um, whatever. I mean, you know, he was the big guys. We got over because of his size, but it wasn't until, the, you know, we, the Hulkamania and, and and the say your prayers and eat your vitamins and that type of stuff, that's what got over and he just did what a big boot mm. and punches and kicks, and it wasn't anything that was.
1: But he made so much money and was. And he made so much and money. Probably it's the biggest name in wrestling history.
0: Because he's the character. And Kevin Nash can say the same thing about, too. Yeah. If the technical wrestling, and I have so much respect for guys, especially, you know, you being in the UK, that you know a lot of guys like the William Regal and the Robbie Brooksides who yep. um, come from the UK and how, how talented they are. It, it is amazing, you know, that type of catch style wrestling, what guys can do. Um, and it has a place, don't get me wrong. However, what gets over is characters. And Regal got over with an amazing character he had in the early 2000s in the WWE.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, the commissioner character, and it was so, it, it just people are going to remember that. They're not going to remember as much how good of a wrestler he was. People know that, but they'll yep. remember that. that but funny, they'll
1: yeah. remember the commissioner and the Tajiri. Yeah, remember the segment.
0: Stuff. Stuff. So that's what's important. And I always say, like, if the technical wrestling was the most important part of pro wrestling, we would see a professional amateur wrestling league and there would be, you know, we would see that and it would be making a ridiculous amount of money. However, it's not. So, you know, you gotta, so you gotta have a character. It's, it's, you gotta be just larger than life in this business. You can't, mm. you know, luckily I'm lig- literally and figuratively larger than life. So, you know, you gotta be able to, how are you gonna set yourself apart? Oh, well, yeah, I'm big, but you know, there, there are guys that are my size too, but how am I gonna be different from them? I gotta mm. do something different. Like I said, I do not want to be the big monster.
1: I mean, if you want to start, that's another thing as well, like, um, men that are sort of larger than life, um, sort of one criticism I may have, I love Keith Lee to bits, but I think he does some moves when he shouldn't, like high fire moves. I think he does it over the top. Um, yeah. You know, there are things that you need to sort of go back and I think character is so important. And people and forget that. That's what people
0: are going to remember. Um, a perfect example, another example is The Miz, like watching The Miz and what he does, watching guys like Dolph Ziggler, mm. um, he doesn't high fly very often, but he sells and he does the little things. And, you know, he has he has his character. The Miz has his character. He doesn't get on the top rope and do all these things that guys his size do. Uh, yeah. But he's able to get over because of his character and his promo and how convincing he is. It's just that those are the things that are going to, one, get you over, and, two, keep you in the business as long as possible. Because mm. if, if you're taking these crazy bumps and it, it, the athleticism for for you, for people to do that – like. It's remarkable and, you know, respect to people that are able to do it, but you're not going to be around as long. Your, your mm. body, no one's a superhero and your body's not going to be able to withstand doing this type of moves all the time. So mm. one guy, I actually, Ruckus told Nick, my trainer, because Nick said one time, he's like, I want to do a 450 splash as my finisher. So what Ruckus told him, is like, okay, do you want that to be your finisher? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, you're going to have to do it every night and you're and sometimes you're going to have to miss it. And that move hurts like when you when you miss it, and even when you hit it, it hurts. If you do that every, you have to do that every single night. It's going to take you know weeks and months and years mm-hmm. off, your, off your wrestling career. But if you want to do it every now and then, then it will be cool. Undertaker, look at him at WrestleMania. He does the big dive over the top rope. Yep, because it was cool and it was like, oh, I'm only going to do it once a year, and people are going to remember it and it's going to be played over and over again for years to come. But if he was doing it every night, it'd be like, nah, it's just another one of those moves. So. It's a it, it's it's really at the end of the day people try to make this complex. It's not. It's simple. Mm. And it it's just such a simple formula to wrestle. Sometimes less
1: is better. It like. Less it,
0: it not just sometimes, George. I'm telling you, I think less is more all the time in professional wrestling. Mm. And you got you got to know, and that that's what Ellsworth has been so good at. You know, to put him over for a second. He he is able to read the crowd. He learned this from Cena too when he was there. Cena has was, has been so good at doing that and like, the, through a match, just calling the match and saying, like, you know, when they got to hit certain things because of how the crowd's reacting. Yeah. Because that's the most important thing. Like, if the crowd... Like you can call a match in the back and talk to people about it, but however, when you get out there and you're losing the crowd, it's time to figure something out. Either go home or you got to you gotta do something because, it's like, hey, we got to figure out a way to either condense this or do something different because we're losing. They're, they're not... Yeah. So it's a, Cena... He always says Cena was the best at that and figuring out, like, when to do certain things and get so the crowd stayed hot the whole time.
1: That's what I love about this podcast. And I know some people in the comments will may disagree. That's fair enough. I don't, I absolutely do not mind that. Everyone's got their opinion. But I absolutely agree with you. And I'm not just saying it uh, for branding points or just for the sake of it. I, <laughs> I genuinely do believe it. And I do think psychology in terms of character work and promos and catchphrases has become a bit of a lost art. And I think that's why a lot of people um, are really loving Roman Reigns' new character. The head yeah, of the table. Um, if you watch his matches, he isn't necessarily doing a lot of moves. The storytelling, no. he's got the head of the table and the tribal chief, he's got catchphrases he's, like, he's facial,
0: facial expressions. All his facial expressions are just incredible. And like mm. that character, it's just him. You can tell it's him. It's like this is this makes sense. This yeah, what he's been missing. Like this it just looks so good. And you know, obviously he's a great looking guy, and his body mm. is amazing, and he looks looks like a champion. You know, and, and you can buy it. And he has that just nonchalant, like, you know, attitude. But then he gets
1: vicious when he wants to be. And mm. he's the best, I think he's the best thing in wrestling going right now. I agree. So, I, I've, been, I've been putting on Twitter. And uh, a lot of people have been finally agreeing. He's, um, he's been
0: <laughs> I'm happy he finally found, because he's such a great talent. And I'm man. happy they finally found his niche it's, that's working
1: for him. It's kind of sad in a way, but it took a pandemic for this character to, yeah, to develop and for him to shine. But um, I know. Uh, to wrap this up I have basically two more questions Please and I shall let it. you enjoy the rest of your day so yeah. basically what is it like being managed by Brandon Walker uh, from the basketball sports <laughs> I'm not too sure um, myself, myself um, but I know him endorsing you is a big deal and the listeners yeah. would like to hear more about your relationship with him
0: yeah so um, it, it's really not like a long story about how we got started he just put on Twitter one day that he always wanted to be a, a wrestling manager and I said he can manage me um, and we just got to talking and uh, working with Brandon has been awesome really good guys. What you see is what you get. Brandon's kind of just Brandon, but he's also a guy who turns his personality up to 11 when he's on camera. He really, he really is passionate about wrestling. It's not just a, you know, a gimmick with him. He loves professional wrestling. He grew up in Mississippi in the Memphis territory and uh, always went to the matches and, you know, watched the Jerry Lawlers and uh, the Bill Dundee's and those guys back in the day um, and fell in love with it from there. So we've you know done a ton of stuff he's coming he's coming with me to ovw in june 3rd and 4th so we're going to link up awesome. then and yeah you know he, he's a busy guy his bar, bar school obviously comes first and i respect that i let mm-hmm. him know when i have stuff available and if he wants to join and i you know promoters are real excited right now to use him because of his following and the bar school following so um it's definitely been a uh it's a whirlwind and trying to get see figure out his schedule but you know four kids he's a busy like i said very busy guy mm-hmm. so we're going to try to do as much as we can this summer. He's really invested in doing OVW, so I'm excited about that. Um, we're going to have a good time down there. Matt Jones of KSR, Kentucky Sports Radio, just uh, bought a large portion of OVW, and he's doing a lot of big things with it. So uh, that's really exciting. So we're going to um, have some fun down there, uh, and hopefully it continues. It was really cool to get to the office. He invited me up to the to Barstool HQ. Um, pretty surreal. I'm from New England, so I've always followed Barstool. Not always religiously, but, I, you know, it was always there and I always knew of it. Mm, and, you know uh, what about Dave, it, though, yeah. yeah. What Dave Pornoy has been able to do with that company is just nothing short of remarkable. Mm-hmm. So um, all the respect to him, met him, was pretty was pretty funny uh, meeting him because I was just sitting at his desk in uh, Roan. I was talking to Roan and uh, Dave came over and started talking to Roan. And I was like, well, I guess I gotta introduce myself. I'm just sitting here, you know. Uh, Mm. Stood up, and he kind of like looked me up and down, like, "What the hell? Who the hell is this?" (laughs) And and then just uh, towered over him. And I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm Ben. I'm actually the restaurant that Brandon Walker is managing." And he just laughed. He's like, "Honestly, I had no idea that was happening." But he's like, "Hey, pleasure to meet." (laughs) you. So so he was. uh, He was. he's, He's a nice. He's a nice guy. Another guy. What you see is what you get with him. Um, and everyone there, Big Cat, great guy, PFT, awesome guy. Uh, I really can't say a bad thing about anyone. It was, a, it was a cool experience getting up there a few times.
1: That's awesome, man. So you seem to have your head screwed on. Um, talking to you today has been really good. And I have to also give Elzo credit for this because um, yeah. I mentioned you. Then I basically did actually follow him up on his advice. And now I have you on the show. And yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. So, what is next for Big Trouble Ben Bishop? What is next? Um, well, I know you mentioned thing. about OVW, but um, OVW, what else? Yeah, we have, well, WWE? we have a, t- a other
0: places. A, a couple of places that people really should be following. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Ellsworth's promotion, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. Hopefully, we're going to be streaming some stuff um, soon so people everywhere can watch. Uh, but if anyone's ever in the Maryland um, area, that's always a great show to go to. He has some great names that come and some awesome talent that's already there, um, including myself. <laughs> um and uh other places in new jersey that i've been working for uh um, invictus pro wrestling global syndicate wrestling two young promotions have just started during the pandemic uh but they're going to blow up pretty soon because of just they're run correctly excuse me and that's one of the big things in this business is that a lot of places you know you, you got to find the right companies to work for you got to find the yeah. right fed to work for because there, there are you know the the term is shindy and that means shitty indie. So you know,
1: it, it, <laughs> it, it,
0: that? and you don't and Ellsworth always says it. You know, it you know if you can be great, but if you're rolling around in shit, you become shit. And it's said that with any type of sport, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're working with guys who are just subpar or not good, and uh, you're never going to get better. Yeah. So you know, I like these type of companies, these guys um, who run. Invictus who run GSW I can tell that they have they have their heads screwed on straight they understand booking and wrestling and they're learning along the way they won't say they're experts at it but Mm -hmm. they're doing good by everyone on the show so far very professional um voltage champion voltage wrestling in West Virginia I'm going to get involved with as well a couple other ones scattered about there's a ton there's a ton that I can go over I'm actually making my uh, Rhode Island, uh, debut. I'm fr- being from Rhode Island. I'm really excited about that. So uh, make a debut <laughs> at new world wrestling extremes. So that'll be fun. So I get to have a lot of friends and family come to that show, which is going to be, which is going to be awesome at the end of July. But if anybody wants to follow me, just please. I'm always, I'm always talking about where I'm going to be with promos and everything at big trouble BB on Twitter, on Instagram. That's where I usually post the most. So uh, follow me on there. I I make every, every time I have something coming up, it's always, I'm always talking about it. So um, it's going to be a busy few months, but I'm excited about that. Uh, My goal and really what I'm trying to do, you know, I, I, and I've talked to Ellsworth about it. My goal is hopefully by the end of the year, you know, I am getting opportunities with like the Ring of Honors or the AEWs or the Impact Wrestling and that type of place where I can really start to build my name up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, that, because it's really important. You know, I'm already 31. Um, I don't have a ton of time. You know, I, right now, have got to start doing it now. I, I did have a tryout with the WWE back in February. So that was that was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um the the thanks, but no thanks. and That's okay. Some great guys, you know, haven't gotten their first time. Keith Lee, guys like that, you know, so yeah. I'm not, not, you know, too bummed about it. It was a cool experience getting to meet. Just Reed giving you more
1: motivation, more- really.
0: Exactly. More motivation and knowing what to work on. And, um, you know, i got plenty to work on. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm, I am not close to where I need to be. I need mm. to be need to continue to get better, um, you know, getting in, getting in better shape, which I've been really focusing on. That's one thing. And, you know, of course, getting better in the ring. So, That's my goal for 2021 and hopefully to really hit 2022 hard Uh, because really wrestling, all it is, it's, it's a bunch of hills and you get the first hill, the basics and the training and, you know, you get over that hill and then, you know, you hit that valley. It's like, okay, I'm getting all these bookings. Everything's great. But now, you know, it's time to, I want to get to the next level. So now it's time to pick it up again. And if you sit at that valley and you start getting complacent and like, Oh, everyone thinks I'm a man at this, at this indie and FPWC and CW3 and CFT2 and you know, whatever, mm. all the acronyms that you can throw together. And you're like, oh, I'm the champion here, 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 and here, which doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, I'll break It doesn't matter. So, you know, you, what matters is the the big championships. You want to get to the big time, you know, the big yeah. level. That's when it counts the count. And that's where the money is. So that's where I want to, that's where I want to get to. I want to eventually get to that point. And you know, it's great to win those championships, it's great to be recognized is like somebody that like they feel comfortable to put their title on. And I respect all companies that do that, but you know, I want to get better in the ring. That's what I want to do. That's my main focus for the rest of 2021, better in the ring, better character, better shape. And there's really no stopping. I I'm not, I'm going to, you know, give this 110%, like I give Mm. basketball. I'm actually in love with pro wrestling. So I'll give it even more. Maybe I'll give it 115%. We'll see um, if that's physically possible, but I am going to, (laughs) yeah. So, so really, if anybody, if people that are listening, you know, just seriously, uh, follow me. If you ever want to mm-hmm. reach out to me, please do because I'm I'm very. I talk to everybody. I'm never going to like big time you or, you know, that, that's not my. That's not how I am. So I'm I'm very very friendly person. Uh, even if I'm playing a heel, I'll I'll break character and be nice to you. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so yeah, now I'm I'm really excited, George. It's going to be an awesome few months. I'm uh, mm. real positive and looking forward to uh, seeing what seeing what comes out of it.
1: That's good, man. I absolutely respect your goals and I know you're going to achieve them and even go further. I will put the details where the fans can follow you on social media, as you mentioned on Twitter. Thank you for coming on today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. It's been been great, man. Um, But I've really enjoyed today. Uh, For everyone that has listened to this episode, stay tuned for my sponsors. And that is coming up right now.